Welcome. You're listening to the Forge Podcast. Here we'll talk about the process that God uses to shape us into who He wants us to be. My name is Caleb Browder, and welcome to the Forge. What's up, everybody? This is your host, Caleb Browder, and you are listening to another episode of the Forge Podcast. I'm honored to be joined by Brother Draylon Young. How's it going, I'm, brother? I'm honored to be here on the Forge. Is that how you say it? Yes, sir. Like Pigeon Forge? Pretty much. Kind of same thing? Okay. Yeah. All right. I just want to make sure it was right. But, uh, <laughs> no, thank you for having me, bro. Yes, I appreciate sir. it, man. But uh, we're gearing up for Purpose 2024, and he agreed to be on the Forge podcast, but I have a very limited amount of time, so we'll just kind of jump into sort You're of the right, meteor questions. So, Brother Draylon, uh, the whole idea of the forge revolves around the idea of us being a piece of steel in God's forge. Okay. You know, forging us into, you know, whatever tool or weapon, you know, figuratively speaking, that right. he wants us to be and to be used for in his kingdom. And the starting process, the very first process that, you know, he takes us through is the furnace and anvil process yeah, yeah. and i was just wondering what was the hammering and the furnace process like in your life that's a great question um i would say personally uh, i was blessed to be able to uh, kind of go through a lot of that through my life as i grew up at, at the beginning stage of my life yeah um you know i, I don't come from a church background uh we're first generation my mother was a drug addict. Um, she actually died last year. I believe it was from drugs. I believe, but it totally was a cardiac arrest. But I feel like it was because it was probably drug related. But um, you know, just a very very tough situation. A uh, broken home. Didn't know my father. <clears throat> but I've always had, uh, you know, people that took care of me, uh, whether physically. It first started off physically. You know, my mother would. I was I would be with my mom. She would take care of me physically. Um, always made sure I had whatever I needed. You know, she would go out and you know, uh, man, drugs would would drugs just take everything from you. Yeah. You know, um, you know, to the point to where she was committing uh, check fraud. You know, so she would go out and write checks. She would steal someone's checkbook and write checks for stuff for me to have or yeah. for you know to buy things and basically. You know, she was into check fraud, so it sounds really terrible, but, you know, my Christmases were really great. As yeah, I imagine so. <laughs> but nonetheless, again, going through this stuff, I never knew any of that stuff was going on when yeah. I was a kid. Like, I, you know, I had no idea that she had this drug problem. I, you know, I had no idea. And I feel like the Lord would really protect me from that. Um, I, I didn't know all the way up until, you know, I was probably about eight years old when I came home and my bags were packed. And she told me that I was going to go live with my aunt, yeah. um, a really close aunt of mine. I lived with her and her husband, and they never had any kids. But he, her, my aunt's husband, had kids. I had previous, you know, previous kids uh, for previous relationships, and you know, he was still very connected to them. So they they would come over the house all the time. We those are kind of like my brothers, you know, yeah. like we grew up playing video games all the time, playing sports. And so it gave me the sense of a family physically that I needed. I, you know, she was like my mother at the time. And, you know, my uncle, my uncle Lynn, which was her husband, 
was kind of like a father figure at that time. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm, I just look back and I'm like, man, I'm just very thankful that I had something like that. Um, and then later my mother was, you know, going through tons of stuff and moved back with her again and we got kicked out of the place again. And finally, um, when we got kicked out of this last place uh, in Dallas, um, we had asked to go live with my uncle, which is her brother. Yeah. And he had just bought a house with, uh, with my grandfather. My grandfather just bought a house. They got, they lived together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but what I, she asked if, I, if we could go stay with them. And they said, well, we'll take Draylon, but you can't come because they knew what she was doing. Yeah. And, and it was that time where the Lord began to build me spiritually. Yeah. Because what I didn't know was that my uncle, uh, before getting that call, before I moved in with him, uh, he had an experience with the Lord, praying on his back porch by himself. And yeah. That the Lord had just been dealing with him, and just organically, you know, um, you know, he tells me the story that he was on a on his back porch in the house in in, in Plano where I used to live, and um, he said that there was a moment that he felt like he heard the voice of God telling him to come outside. And he went outside and he said he felt, felt like he heard the voice say, I want you to praise me. I want you to worship me. And he said, Draylon, I was so embarrassed because I didn't know what to do. He's yeah. like, I, we, didn't, we, you know, we didn't go to church. We don't know any of that stuff. And he said, the only thing I could think to do in that moment was to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. Yeah. About. He said he began to sing that over and over again. He said those tears started flowing down his face. He said his mouth started moving. He got filled with the Holy Ghost right there on his back porch. That's awesome. And um, so that happened bef- right before we asked to move with him. And so at that point, God had just orchestrated for me to be there. And that's when we started going to church. That's when I started going to camps. And that's when I started, you know, being a part of what we know as Apostolic Church, you know. Yeah. And it just changed my life. And so I, I would say the the, the refining uh portion of my life really happened at the beginning stage of my life and it was just a time where I wasn't you know now it's starting over with you know all of that thing all those things that I've you know grown up in now learning how to be a father learning how to be a husband and learning how to be a minister and you know all these things that I know that God's called me to do yeah uh, so I guess in, in, a, in a way I'm still on the forge. <laughs> yeah. I'm still, I'm oh, yeah. still on the on the refining spot of it. You know, oh, yeah. but we, but we I would, are. yeah, but I would say that the beginning stage yeah. from from that, I think, I think that if I had to say, that's where it probably would be. Yeah, and uh, another question is, you know, on my first episode, I referred to the waiting period that we often are put in, referred to as the shelf. You know, where he takes us off the anvil. And, you know, puts us on a shelf temporarily, you know, a waiting period to set up the next phase of where he's going to yeah. take us and yeah. things of that nature. And what was that waiting period like for you? Or? Uh, I'd say the waiting period was, you know, right in that space where I start going to church and, yeah. you know, just learning and, and being a part of the youth group and, uh, you know, going through those times where you don't really have a lot of friends, you know, because... You know how it kind of is like you have your friends in the youth group and people yeah. that you're close to and you know that 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 was the the time where i i, w- I would relate more to my friends you know outside of church because we we actually I, we actually live probably about 45 minutes of a driving distance 
from the church to my house. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I grew up in Lancaster, Texas, and the church that I we go to was in Garland, Texas. So it's about a good 45 minute drive. Yeah. Um, but I would ride the train and bus as well. So it's like an hour and a half each way. Oh yeah. And um, so I would say a big portion, I, I did get really good friends and really good leadership and people in my life that invested in me. And it was just that. I just, you know, man, I, I, I went to the church school. You know, I made the sacrifice to, to do that. I told my parents, I said, I can't go to private or public school anymore. I said, I need to go to the church school. And they're like, well, the only way you can do this is if you ride the train and bus. So I woke up every day in high school at 5 a.m. every day and and got on the train, got on the bus, and went to school every single day. Yeah. And, um, you know, going through that space of just, you, you know, you, you're not thinking, um, you're not thinking about, you know, I'm trying to get to this or I'm trying to get to that. And, you know, one of the most memorable moments of my life that I'll, I'll always remember this, and I think the Lord has put it on my heart, is, you know, talking about that shelving, talking about that space of just being, uh, you know, just... You you just you you just you're just locked in, you know. You just kind of you're trying to build that consistency, yeah. right? And I remember just going to school every week or, or, or every day, like yeah. you know, getting on the train and bus, listening to my worship music on the way, and trying to have a moment of prayer along with God, and try to talk to people while I'm on the train and bus, and you know, and 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 that sort of thing. And I did that, and I worked a job. I I'd get off work or I'd get off from school get on the train and go to the mall I worked at the mall yeah. the last couple of years of my high school career and um, you know just being faithful to that and, and coming back and being a part of the, the youth choir and being a part of things at the church you know yeah. and uh, man I'll never forget this I, I we got all the way to the end of my first year as a uh, as a sophomore because I I did my freshman year at public school and sophomore year I did it was my first year at the church school so I was you know, just get in there, you know, and just doing it. And I remember we were going through all of the 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 um, the different. Uh, you know, how you have like the little awards or whatever at yeah. school. You know, so I played basketball on the team. I knew I was going to get stuff for that. And they started doing the science award and the history award. Like, definitely not going to get into yeah. that stuff. Like, that's not what I'm about. You know, uh, but I got a couple sports things. You know, and they she so the principal went through all of these awards, and she. She goes to the last award, and she goes. Now this event, this award goes to a very special young man, who is new to the school. Who you know, he wakes up every day at five a.m. He gets on a train. He gets on. I mean, she walks through my entire routine every yeah. single day. And man, I I get emotional thinking about it. But she said, and this perfect attendance award goes to Traylon Young. And, um, man, I'm sorry. That's all right. I wasn't doing that for recognition. Yeah. I didn't know that that was ever going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I didn't know that that they even kept record of that. Yeah. You know, like, it wasn't like, and I was so moved to get that. And that, and during that time, I was just, I was just, I was just going to school. Like I was just, I was just trying to be, be around church people. I was just trying to do the best that I knew how to do. Yeah. And to know that somebody 
kept record of that meant the world to me. And it, and it gave me a glimpse of what this Christian life is going to be like or what it should look like. That you, you do everything that you're trying to do. You're just trying to be consistent mm-hmm. because you know that God has done something in your life and that you owe your life to Him. Yeah. And there'll come a day. There'll come a day where you did all this stuff and He's going to look you in the face in Jesus' name and tell me, you did good, son. I was proud of you. That's right. You know, I, I, I was, I'm happy that you're here. Well, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That was the first time I've ever gotten to that. I, I've, I felt like I saw a glimpse of that. Yeah. And so, but that shelf, that shelf is just you. Just you're just locking in, bro. You're just you're just doing everything that you know to do, and you're not looking for recognition, and you're just trying to be consistent, man. And, yeah. and I, that was, that my whole life before, you know people know who I am or people hear a song or, you know, man, it's, it's years of that. It's years of, you know, nobody knows who my family is. They're all, they're all you know, none of them are ministers, yeah. you know? So, <laughs> man, that's just the story for me, man, is, man, God can use anybody. If he can use me, nobody from nowhere, he can use you. Oh, yeah. You know? But we got a couple minutes left. I know Pastor kind of put me on a little time crunch. That's all right. You're, you're okay, but, uh, buddy. Uh, then the final process in the forge being the grinding and polishing stage, what did that look like for you? You know, the process where he may have, you know, taken out a lot of things, you know, like shined you up, but also removed a lot of dirt and grime, like figuratively speaking, and then mm-hmm. also sharpening you. I would say that's the space I am now, you know. I, yeah. I would say that, and I would obviously say that about, you know, probably any of the stages, you know, mm-hmm. amongst what you're talking about um, in different ways. But, I, you know, I, I say that that's happening right now, uh, you know, learning how to how to be um, the man of God that God has called me to be, you know, and, and, and learning the way he speaks to me may be similar to the way he speaks to other people, but but I'm different than, than you, you yeah. know, I'm different than somebody else. My experience is different than you, you mm-hmm. know, um, and, and me, me taking solace in the fact and, and taking, um, just accepting that it may not look like what other people, what other people's may look like. Yeah. And, uh, just being, just being, a, having a godly confidence in that. Yeah. You know, me growing up without my actual father, you know, not having the validation of my father. Mm-hmm. I never realized how important that was until I had a son. Yeah. And I have a son now and man, he I love him so much. And the reason I love him so much is because he's mine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even because he's, you know, so good at this or so bad at this or whatever and it's like Man, the only requirement that that he that I need in order to love him is that he just belongs to me. Yeah. And, you know, but I didn't know I needed that 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 um that validation from a father until I had a son of my own and I realized he's looking for my my, my affirmation. He's wanting to say, "Dad, look at what I'm doing." Or, "Dad, are you you know, and there even times there are moments that I get rough with him, or I, you know, I have to correct him or whatever. Yeah. And man, he, I love this about my son is he's got a soft heart. 
he immediately, if I speak to him very strongly, he'll start crying and he'll, and he'll, and he'll look for, to give me a hug, say, dad, I'm sorry, you know, whatever. And man, I just, I, I, I pray that that's always there, that I, that I try my best to keep that relationship with him, yeah. that he knows that, man, I'm never going to stop loving you, uh, you know. Um, but just, you know, the, the refining spot is, man, learning that stuff and going through those times and, um, you know, he's polishing it up and sharpening me and, you know, giving me great people like your pastor, Pastor Ron, you yeah. know, that are, you know, it's my first time ever spending time with him. And I think it's a godly connection, you know, just mm-hmm. an incredible man. I've always been thankful for uh, strong men of God and the faith that will take the time to mentor, take the time to invest, you yeah. know, and, and, and your pastor's like that. And so oh, yeah. uh, I'm really grateful. Um, to have connected with him as well as my pastor, who is, I don't know what it is. It's probably because I grew up with my grandfather. Yeah, I just love talking to older men. Oh, I'm the same way. That that have so much wisdom and that they've lived through so much. They know how business works. They know how I. You know, there's a there's a great saying I heard somebody say one time. It said, "In this life, you can learn from either mistakes or mentors, but the yeah. choice is yours." And I just love learning from mentors. I don't like making mistakes, you oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, those. You know, there's those some mistakes fun. you got to make, but you know, and and I've made some mistakes. I'm not saying I'm perfect at all, but man, I just I just love gleaning from elders and people that have that have done this, you yeah. know. And so, yeah, I'm the same way. Whenever I was younger, I, it, was, it was almost a problem. I would hang out with the older people more often than the young oh, people. Yeah. Be like, Why are you over here? Go hang out with the young people. Same, same thing, man. All of my friends, all of my people that I hung out with, they were always older than me. All the girls that I dated when I was little and younger, they yeah. were always older than me, you know. And I just, I just wanted to be around older, and it's just how my life always ended up, you know. Yeah. So, but on a lighter note, I know we've went over our time here, but no worries, man. Uh, what's some interesting, be it crazy, funny, or just out there stories that you've experienced either in your ministry or growing up in the youth or oh. what be it? Uh, one thing I can think of just right off the bat was when I first, I went to my very first HYC, mm-hmm. I think it was. Uh, and back then it was in, at Lufkin, in Lufkin, Texas, where, where Pastor Ron was, he taught there for many years. Yeah. We actually went there back in... Okay. Yeah, I I haven't been there. I haven't been to the campgrounds in Lufkin since probably 2012. So it's over 10 years since I've been there. Yeah. Um, But but I went there, you know, probably 2000, I don't know, five or six or something, seven. Yeah. And it was my first time ever going to HYC, and uh, it was a very memorable experience. I, Rashidi Collins was preaching, and that was the first time you know I saw like a guest speaker come to a youth thing, you know, and it was like that many young people in a room. I didn't, you know, our youth group at our church was always a really good amount of people, mm-hmm. and we had we had great ministers that would come through, but that was the only context that I had was you know, within the classroom or, yeah. you know, like our youth room. Like I, it was kind of like my world was just as big as that room, you know, yeah. but it was awesome. We had great music, great stuff all the time. And, uh, but that was the first time I went to like a 
huge thing where there was like over a thousand kids there, you know. Yeah. And they brought in Court Chavis to do the music. He was the worship leader at the time. Oh and, yeah. Um, it was just really cool, you know. But during that time, we would go out to eat to this Mexican place. They always stay at the La Quinta every time, and there was this Mexican place that we would go. And we went there, and I was, like, trying to, you know, make friends and trying to, you know, do things to, like, uh, you know, tell these people I want to be one of them. I want to be connected to them. And, you know, uh, there was a kid that at the time he wasn't, like, wasn't really in church, but he was doing the, like, he was a football player. He's a very big name guy. Yeah. You know, so he would go to the, that stuff. Like, the kid that goes to that stuff, prays through, and then, like, goes back home and, like, keeps doing whatever they're doing. Yeah. It was that guy. <laughs> so we're sitting at a table, and we're in a Mexican place, and he has this huge pepper. He's like, bro, I'll give you five bucks if you eat this pepper. I'm like, cool, I'll do it. You know, I need the money. And I'm trying to I'm trying to be cool with yeah. people. And I take a huge bite of it. And, and, I, and it's like, I try to take a bite in the middle, you know, to be kind of hot. But with a pepper, if you bite it not in the middle and you don't use your teeth to bite it, like you're just you're just gonna pull off of the of the stem, mm-hmm. and you, I got the whole pepper in my mouth, oh, all wow. the seeds and everything, bro. I literally threw up everything right there in that plate in front of everybody, and there was that Mexican restaurant where you get free ice cream. Oh wow! So like before we sat down, we had like four or five. Ice cream, like <laughs> cones of ice cream. Oh, man. And I was just, all the ice cream was just all on this plate of food. It was so gross, dude. Like, it was so bad. I was like low-key and bare. Everybody was like, you know. So not only am I new, I'm weird now. Oh, man. And <laughs> Like, bro, it was so bad. It was so bad. Oh, man. Um, so, and then it was so funny. Like, we finished and I didn't have any food, so I'm like, and then I didn't have any money. He gave me five. But he's like, here, bro, keep that five bucks. Like, no, whatever. And then he pulls out, like, another pepper. He's like, bro, I'll give you 20 bucks if you're going to get Like, literally right there, 20 bucks. I'm like, nah, bro, I ain't doing it, dude. It was, my head was spinning. It was like, dude, it was so bad. That's fun. So that's what I thought of when you just asked me that. That's, that's so funny. one of those where we just mentioned, you know, you learn either by mentors or, or experience. <laughs> <laughs> mentors are mistakes. So. Yes, that's so funny. Oh, man. That's awesome. But Yes, it was great, though. It was a great time. Well, we have definitely went over 15 minutes. That's okay, man. But That's uh, okay. Ah, I mean, if you want to keep going, I'll just... I'll, Pastor, I was let's do one more. He, let's he, do, he wanted to keep going. <laughs> let's do one but, uh, more. Uh, trying to think. You know, I want to say I appreciate what you're doing. You know, appreciate um, this kind of form of content is very, very important. And um, you know, I think having is one thing I'll say is I think the ministry of Jesus I think was not just one part of what I think people see I think a lot of times you know you kind of see it in part and I think sometimes we can be very attracted to the part where you know Jesus they see Jesus speaking to 5,000 people they see Jesus speaking to 4,000 people and healing these people or healing the you know and there being crowds of people you know but you know the 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 times that we really see the 
the change, the thing, and I think the 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 spaces of his ministry that I've been really attracted to lately are the conversations that he oh, had, yeah. the conversations that he had with the lady with the issue of blood, the mm -hmm. conversations he had with Nicodemus, you know, these conversations with people with the rich young ruler, like those things, those the, the, that time of just spending time with somebody, getting a very uh, close knit conversation. I see so much of 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 you know transformation that happens in those conversations oh, yeah. and so that's why I really love this format of just talking man just having conversations asking questions and you know documenting this and so podcasting is a very um, it's a long form you know longer format of content which yeah. is I love it because I love conversations and oh, I yeah. think conversations is what we need to get back to you know the oh, phone yeah. is kind of taking that away from yeah, us yeah so. it definitely has yeah, but another question was uh, just, what's one thing you love most about your ministry? Well, I would say first, the one thing I love about the ministry that I'm a part of is that it's not mine. Yeah. It's not, it's not the thing that, it's not my ministry. God's been doing this for a long time, and my favorite part of it is that it is his is that it is these are his songs That's right. you know the we preach his word we're his people you know called by his name mm -hmm. like this is his church i love that it's his and and i want to always make sure that you know anything that you know, I, I have these crazy ideas to do this or that or whatever, but people really think it's me. But it's honestly, you you don't you don't have any of these ideas or thoughts if it doesn't come from God. That's right, like, man. Who who? You're not that smart. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, like not. <laughs> you're not that you're not that. There's like this meme of this guy. It's like you're not that guy. Oh yeah, you're not that, you're not that guy, bro. <laughs> Trust me, you're not that you're, guy. Yes. <laughs> That thing is so funny, oh, but it's like that's what I that's what I think about, you know. When when it comes to that, it's like, man, I'm just not like I know where I came from. I yeah. know that this had to be God because it feels up to me. I was going to be somewhere, and my clothes are going to look very different. You know, my wife, or if I even had a wife, was going to look very different. And, yeah, you know, all of those things. I I love that it's His thing. This is I am a I am I am whatever he wants me to be. I am, mm -hmm. you know, uh, whatever however he saw fit for it to be. That's what I love. I yeah. love that I'm his, man. I, I and I try my best to live that way, yeah. you know. I, I don't I don't get it right every time, but you know, my favorite thing are the God moments where where people see such great things or hear great things or they experience something great. Mm -hmm. And it just, it just shows me so much because I know who I am and I know where I come from. It's like, man, this is nobody else but you, God. You oh, know, yeah. and I love when other people see that. You know, I don't like when people, you know, and I know they mean well. They come up to me and they say, "Oh man, you're amazing." You know, and. I don't really care too much for that because really honestly you don't know me yeah you know you're not saying that I'm amazing because you don't know who I am yeah you know you're saying that the gift that I have or the gift that God is the thing that you're 
saying that I'm grateful was something that somebody gave me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you're rich. You got a whole bunch of money. Your parents left you money. Man, you're awesome. It's like, <laughs> nah, you like the money that my dad left me or whatever, yeah. you know? And, you know, but it, but it's a, it is another thing. Like, I mean, the greatest, the greatest compliment I think I've ever been paid in, you know, in, in ministering to people or doing, being a worship pastor at my church or writing songs or whatever, you know, has been, there's this guy, I, you know, I, I, he's a really close friend of mine, but he's also somebody that I disciple and somebody that I've baptized, taught Bible studies with, I meet with him. He comes to church and his his family starts coming to church mm-hmm. and they, they come, you know, they come here and there and, but his dad comes and loves, loves the presence of God, loves, you know, being there. And I remember <clears throat> his dad came up to me one time and said, I was just leading worship, you know, at, at, at home and, you know, our worship services go really great, like every time, you know, like, man, power of God breaks out somewhere in between the first service, second service or both every time, you yeah. know, and that's not a testament to me. It's just a testament to the church and mm-hmm. to the culture that's there. And it broke out like it, you know, has many times before. Oh, yeah. And, you know, to the point to where pastor wanted it to go for a little bit longer and you know, it was just, you know, really good. And and his dad came up to me and said, hey, man, I just wanted to tell you, he's like, he's like, man, thank you so much for operating in your gift, operating in, in, in the thing that God has given you. Mm-hmm. And he said, he said, man, it really touches me and it touches a lot of people to see you working within the place that God has purposed for your life. Yeah. You know, like that you have found, you have found it. Like it's hard for people to find it. Like not everybody finds it and not everybody's looking, first of all. Yeah. They're looking in other places to try to do what everybody else is doing. But when you find that thing that God has ordained for you to do, and you do it, and you do it with the best of your ability, mm-hmm. and you try your best to be as consistent, that purpose starts to spread off of you, and it starts to attract other people to not do what you do, yeah. but do what they were purposed and made to do. Yeah. And when he said that, I was just like, man, that's the, that's the greatest, I think that's the greatest compliment that I've ever been given was, Basically, thank you for doing what God asked you to do. Yeah. Thank you for doing what God gifted you to do because it inspires me to want to find or do the thing that God wants me to do. That's right. And uh, that's probably for sure always going to be my, my favorite part of ministry is, you know, doing what God wants, you know, and helping other people do the same. You know, yeah. that's, just what, that's just what it's about, you know. Oh, yeah. So That's awesome. Well... We have definitely went gone over twice as long it's as okay. we were supposed to. It's okay, but hey, man, we get, we get, we had a good conversation, good talk. Yes, sir. But I love I loved it, man. Thank you for being on here. Thank I really you, appreciate sir. it. I appreciate and it. I'm excited to get into some awesome worship tonight. Jesus up, name, up there. Jesus name. But thank you, brother. Yes, sir. But,